was from your from Chrome, yes. Right. One. Kind of sound, Good day, kind of sound radio is getting to know you, getting to know all about you, getting to like you. Getting to hope you like me. Hey, very, very, very warm, 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 warm. Welcome to Kinda Sound Radio. On this beautiful day, wherever you are, we are so excited today to have in studio with us someone that is ruled by the planet Venus. Um, that's mostly confused, um, like right now, and um, <laughs> but hopefully balanced. Hopefully balanced. We're in the show getting to know our team better. And today we are honored to have the founder of the Missing Kind organization and many other interesting uh, projects and the star and scream of many dodgy places. So he's in studio with us, none other than <laughs> uh, Hugh Kalliker, our boss. Hello, Hugh. <laughs> oh, thank you for that introduction there. Dodgy places and dodgy people since I met you as well. Yeah. yeah. And also with us in studio is Maureen uh, Mo, who is Hugh's yeah, sister. I'm, Hi, Mo. Yes. I'm looking forward to unearthing some of his stones. Aren't we just looking forward to that? I've got some interesting <laughs> questions coming up here as well, Mo. So it's going to be really interesting. And yeah. Kevin and Rubina, welcome. Kevin and Rubina. Yeah, good to be here. Kevin is a as as Hugh's only friend, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about that in a bit. <laughs> um, and, and we had to re almost bribe him to come onto the show today. So um, yeah, but thanks, Kevin, for making the incredible sacrifice. Going through the pain again that you've been going through for so many years, knowing <laughs> you. <laughs> hope you're not too traumatized. <laughs> yeah, I hope you're not too traumatized. Rubina has gone so silent. I mean, we're not surprised. Um, Bobby, are you are you okay? Do you need an extra extra bunch of hankies, or uh, are you still alright? Bobby has gone into depression now. Definitely. I mean, too many. The memories is just killing her. He's probably nipped out, nipped away from the computer. <laughs> okay, so uh, we need to move on. Time is ticking by in these sessions. We've realized that. And um, a little so bit about Hugh. You, uh, we're going to get to know Hugh. We've got um, quite a few questions from our, from our uh, fellow presenters and um, family and friends. So, Hugh. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you, Rubina. There we go. Hello, Rubina. Uh, this is half muted. Uh, okay. Bobby, can you hear us? No, she's muted there again. Uh, okay. So let's 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 keep moving. We'll we'll catch up with Bobby just now. Hugh, you are a Libra, is that right? Libra. A Libra. It is, mate. It is the scales of justice. The scales of justice. It's an air sign, um, and the Chinese birth. Now, this might be a Freudian slip. It says the Chinese birth sin is dragon, but it's probably, it's probably a sign. Yeah, um, it's my spelling. I'm birth. sorry. Are you quite the dragon? Uh, in which sense would you say you, you're, the, no. you're the dragon, Hugh? 
In which sinful sense would you say you're the dragon? I'm not sure. <laughs> Positive I'm not sure aspects. I'm a dragon at all, man. I'm a mischief, definitely. Uh... That's what I was thinking. I mean, <laughs> but actually, the, rep the re representation of a dragon is much more than that. Yeah, it's, definitely. It's, yeah. About, oh, it's about his, his, his you know, um, his, his, uh, what, you know, um, moving forward. Forward, the way he moves forward in, in what he does and expansion and uh, th uh, putting others with probably before himself more he puts himself last on the list and but he can he can be a fiery one when he's fired up that's well said huh? yeah excellent let's look at the positive aspects uh where are they oh, no. i know there's a, there's a blank we're gonna have to move on to the positive negative aspects then <laughs> <laughs> Positive aspects is the masters of compassion, and I can agree with that, um, Hugh. You are a master of compassion. You always think about people when you do things, and you always have, you always pay attention to, to the condition of someone else, what they're going through, what they're doing, how they are, and wanting to make, wanting to find ways to make life better or involve them in something that's going to lead to to their growth, and and it's a wonderful thing. Charm, individualism, yeah. I mean, I think Clint Eastwood's got nothing on you in terms of charm. You know, I mean, you've got you are quite a charmer. Mo, what do you think? I mean, Robbie, Kevin, is he a charmer? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's the way he tells them, and it's that crackly <laughs> voice, you know, it's that sexy he, voice. He, he, he did I say he sexy? Has this, he has the blarney and uh, he loves making people laugh, obviously. That's <laughs> from his, uh, his journey in life. Um, it's his way of, of uh, connecting because he, he was a very shy person. No. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay, we'll get into that a bit later. Secretly, a bit of a rebel, a bit of a rebel. Um, <clears throat> yeah, like swimming upstream, getting to the source. Not a follower. That's for sure. Not a follower. He is a leader. He prefers his own path. Kindness and respect. Important and guide your actions. Yes, that's exactly. I mean, he is a man of kindness and respect and integrity. Optimism, charming. Well, I'm joke. not sure that Kevin will agree with that one. I pinched his <laughs> ham sandwiches, but. <laughs> yeah, until I put mustard on them. Every day I'd pinch his sound. Every day his mum would pack him up for a sandwich, and every day I'd steal one. And then we realised who it was. <laughs> he caught me up with mustard. <laughs> so you take it, you still don't like mustard? Uh, his mom, I think his mum started putting one in for me then. <laughs> Optimism, charm. <laughs> Optimism, charming, jovial nature. Provides joy to many. Yeah, you do provide joy to many. Sure I that box. Yeah, you do tick that box. He's um, always done that. Yeah, that's a, a beautiful a quality. Yeah, Empathy? I was a bit of a petty. Yeah, sorry, you? I said I was a bit of a petty, petty criminal as well, you know. I remember stealing from the naffy shop and, and dropping my uh, sweets down my trousers into my boots. Uh, and getting caught because I'd, I'd, I'd uh, lifted too many Smarties and Toffees, everything that rattled. There was Toffettes and uh, Smarties and chocolate-covered peanuts, and they were rattling all the way to the uh, the till, and I was asked to empty my boots onto the till, and it just overwhelmed the till counter with what was inside. Huh. Uh, but it stopped me. It stopped, it stopped me. Yeah. 
Yeah, so we'll get to that's one of your negatives. It is pointed out you you are classified as a thief, that's for sure. So. <laughs> <laughs> Empathy, a strong influence when connecting to others. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. A big one. It's a big one for you. Uh, very creative and a problem solver. Always, always doing that, Edge. Um, standing up for justices. Yes, you're an absolute fighter for justice and um, social justice. Rebelling against conformity. <laughs> I mean, Mo, did you did you actually think of him while you got this information? I did. Hey? I, did. I went through. I went through the characteristics <laughs> and what I know of him. <laughs> so this is not this is not from the from the astrology pages. That is something that you put together. Yes, it's spot is. On. It is, but I, I just picked out bits that I saw. Okay, cool. Waging for war, waging war for what you believe in truth. Believe in truth is the key element in all. Yes. Negative aspects. Are you ready? He can be quite detached, spot on, and uh, distracted, spot on. Sometimes a bit indecisive. A bit flighty like the wind. Yeah, let's not. <laughs> in making, in making mind up over choices. A bit flighty about the mm, Yeah, well, sometimes, eh, hey, Hugh? Important for liberals yeah. to be able to forgive and forget. And that's where your thick skin comes in, right? <laughs> and stay balanced. Stay balanced. I don't know about the balance thing. Are you not? I've never. You've never struck me as someone that's, unless you're deeply balanced, uh, but on the outside you are quite. What, what I can see is you're someone that's quite determined, and when you stick to something, that is, it takes over your life. You will. You lose all your sleep over it. You'll give everything towards it, and in that sense, losing maybe the balance. Well, yeah, because he'll forget himself in mm. that part of it. So. He, he, he look, doesn't look after himself in that process. Yeah, which is not good for your mental, emotional, and physical well-being to hold, you know. Um, right, grudges against those that have caused you pain emotionally. Okay, so that, I suppose, speaks into forgiveness, maybe something you can speak about as well a bit later here. Uh, if they if you if there are so people you that you... Tape, Jerry. You don't need me here, do you? Are we gonna, I'm going to ask you the question a bit later. <laughs> Okay, so Mo, I think over to you. Do you want to take it from, from Hugh's younger years, from, from his toddler days and, and up? I can only do on what I um, remember or what I've been told, right? Because Hugh obviously... Bullying you. Hugh kind of sounds as he's, he's my older brother by just over three years. He was born in October and then three years and a bit. I was born in the following January, so he's three years and four months or something older than I am. So I, I heard the story where Hugh, if, if you remember much, about when you were there, um, you had a bad accident and you were took to hospital. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember anything about that? Yeah, I do. I do. What do you remember? Yeah, yeah. I remember the swing hitting me. I remember. Um, I remember the lady in the swing. Mum opened my in a bag of sweets. Me running across for the sweets and running in front of the swing. And then I remember. Of my face being all wet and with blood at the time, didn't know what it was. And then I remember the ambulance coming. Um, and then that's as much as I remember. Anything after that was what I heard from yeah. people, what, what had happened in the hospital. So, 
Well, you had a you had to have visit. surgery, didn't you? Thirty-two stitches, apparently. I was told in my head. Has never been right since, yeah. as everybody would verify. <laughs> you can blame that, can't you? <laughs> Yeah, and that gave me a bit of a wonky eye. I think I already had a wonky eye, but I even increased my wonky eye. So that was an impediment I had to carry, plus a speech impediment, which which it's like being the boy named Sue. You know, I was really bullied as a result of that, um, which well, made, me into, to, made me into a bully. Yeah. Due to your accident, you know, um, and you running to those sweets and that, um, our eldest sister got into trouble for that, even though she wasn't there. Did you know that? No, tell me. Well, apparently, Mum told her off because she wasn't there to look after you. And, uh, you, know, she, <laughs> you know, so Bina got told off. And I think it must have been Mum's fear and anxieties. And that's, you know, you often um, shout at those that are, that are nearest and dearest, don't you? Yeah? Hello, Hugh? I'm listening. I can hear. I can't hear the Bina very well. I can hear Moin. Yeah, so that's what I was just saying to you. Um, you know, do you have any other memories as uh, when you were at school? Like primary school, you? Hello, Hugh. Uh, signals. Yeah, try again, Don't boy. go running away. It's okay. Come back. <laughs> Can you hear, Hugh? Here. Can go you ahead. hear us? Can you? No, Rabina, that's all right. I'm on you. Um, maybe, Rabina, can, can we just ask? I think there's a bit of a background noise coming from, from Rabina's place. Maybe this sounds like the. Can you hear me? We can hear, can you hear you. me now. The radio is being broadcasted in someone's background. Can you please turn that yeah. off? I think it's Rabina's place. Can you hear you? That's better. That's better. Yeah, that's better. It's a, it's a calicarism. That's a calicarism. Yeah, so you got told off, didn't you, Rabina, by mum for Huey's accident? Can you hear me then? Rabina, can you guys guys please switch off the radio in the background, Rabina? Can you please switch off the radio in the background? Is that any better? Is that better? No. No, it's still still, still reverberating from somewhere. Is that better? No, it needs coming off. I'm sorry it's kind of sounders, but we've got chaos here. That's right. That's, can you hear me? I can hear you. All right. We can hear <laughs> you. Can you talk quickly? have to message her. Okay. That's better. Yeah, Rubina, um, if you can uh-huh. hear me, there's, there's background music coming from you, Rubina. If you can please turn off your radio in the background. She's a calica. She, she's a calica. <laughs> Any better? All duffers. Yeah, that might be it, but please keep. Keep the radio off in the background because we can. It, it doubles up on in in the radio. Then okay. that's good. That's good. That's good. Yes, carry on. Sorry, Mo. That's all right. Right, Rabina, do you remember you got better? Can you hear hear me, Rabina? No, she can't. So we'll go on to the next bit here. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, um, you know, in your early years in primary school, can you remember, can you remember those years? Yeah, vaguely. I remember my first day at school, like everyone else. Um, I remember some incidents in the primary school, which were probably best forgotten, but yeah, go on. Was that where things where you got into trouble? Yeah. <laughs> what did you get into trouble for? 
What did you get into oh, school? Can you remember? I can remember one instance, and it wasn't me at all. But, um, <laughs> That's not a good start. No, but Denial really is not a good thing. As soon as I went to school, I remember Starsky said, oh, not another Calica coming into the school. Uh, we didn't stand much of a chance. We were sort of uh, stereotyped before we got into school. So anything that went wrong, it was always pointed in my corner. But uh, this one was, um, you probably don't know this morning, but there was a sheep um, that was hurt in the field and the kids were throwing stones at a sheep. And they were convinced that I would be doing this. And I uh, no, 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 no. No involvement with it at all. It was not sort of thing we'd ever do. But uh, I got cane for that, and um, that was one of the canes that was I an remember. Which, yeah, it was, that was an injustice, total. But I, I, the things I got away with, though, Moyne. So I guess it was a justice in, in a different. Way, so. <laughs> what goes around comes around, eh? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was <laughs> karma. That's for sure. Who, yeah, who you were? You were always a big joker, a prankster. You know, you always like to set people up and uh, have a good laugh. Jokes. You always went in the joke shops when you were able to go out on your own, weren't you? I did. I did. Yeah, yeah two snappy yeah. chewing gums and black eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, would you like to, <laughs> to tell everybody about the black eye incidents and who it was with? More and you tell that one better than I do. Yeah. <laughs> you okay. tell that one better. Go on, you tell that story. Okay. Well. The, on a Thursday night, my mum and stepdad, he always used to go out to, to the local town and leave us at home. Huey had to stay in to look at me, you know, look after me. And once a month, we used to have what the Pearl Insurance Man called. And my mum used to be paying some sort of insurance uh, saving scheme or whatever. I, I don't know what it was, the life insurance. Shilling a, shilling a week, I think it was. Yeah. Was it? All oh, right. Anyway, Huey, de Huey decided yeah. to have a prank on him because he had a bit of an issue with the man, didn't you? Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. You, you didn't like it. There's something about him that you didn't like, was there? Do you remember? No? Okay. So, anyway, he, he decided that uh, he'd been to the joke shop and he brought this little, um, like, pepper pot size, it, uh, kaleidoscope that had, was a, a, a fluorescent pink with black shadows of provocative women. Hmm. And he, he, set, he set it up so that I had a role to play as soon because the boat always knocked on the door and then walked in. So we had to start the... The, what we were talking about, you know, about this uh, thing. I, I was saying, oh, I wanted to have a go. Let me have a go, let me have a go. And he says, no. And the man come in, and as the man came in, Hugh um, put the kaleidoscope behind his back. So he got the man's curiosity, because he was drawing in like a fish on a, on a fishing line. And the bloke says, what you got there then, boy? I told you you should keep your mouth shut. And you brought out this pink kaleidoscope with those provocative women. Says, well, he says, if you put your if you put your light eye you know into your eye and look at the light, you see all these women that are in the nude. He says, You don't. I says, Yeah. He says, Do you want to go? And he says, Yeah. Anyway, I gave it to you gave it to him. He says, oh, I can't see nothing. He says, I bet you've brought it to me. And my brother did. Anyway, he says, give it to me a moment. I'll have a look. So Hugh took his glasses off because the bloke didn't wear glasses. And, uh, and said, no, it's working. And as he passed it to the man again, he took the cap off. 
Now, this time, the man put it, the cue said, put it right to your eye. And he put his right to his eye and he looked at his turning it, turning it, and then says, no, no, I can't get it. He says, try the other one. And he couldn't. So, uh, so uh, the man then decided to put it down and finish off his uh, feelings and went. Of he went to his next position of black eyes, didn't he? He did, yeah. Never saw him again. <laughs> we never saw him again. He then never ever saw him. What happened to him? Yeah. Um, he moved his business. Long... I don't think he got any business after that. And how long into the evening did he before he found out what Calico kids had done? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, looking to, I remember looking so much to see him again to gloat and, and make fun of him, but he never came back. Yeah, yeah, I know. I liked him. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for that, Maureen. <laughs> <laughs> shall, yes, shall we move into the teenage years, years Mo? Sorry? Shall we move into the teenage years? I'm just watching the yeah, clock, so yeah. let's... Yeah, well, Hugh, um, you, you had your first holiday, didn't you, um, in your early mid-teens? And uh, I remember one, on this particular time, you were sunbathing at the, in the back garden, trying to not look so white. Remember? Yeah, yeah, I do. Very well. <laughs> do you remember what I did? Yeah, I do. I do. What did she do? I remember what I did to you. <laughs> I know, but tell, tell the story, please. I just squirted you with water. I didn't any more than that. No, I threw water over you. I was feeling very brave because I was after revenge. And then I had to yeah. run for life, didn't I? Yeah, you didn't run very far then. You didn't run quick enough, did you? I was quite oh, sharp. I, I, got in the, I got in the downstairs bathroom and I was just trying to put the lock on it. Of course, he was stronger than me and he got me in. And you got me by the scruff of my neck, didn't you? <laughs> and, did. yeah, and, then, and, and then in the bath... Because we had no washing uh, machine. <laughs> Mum used to leave a washing, dirty washing, for days. And there used to be this dank, dark water. And he got hold of my head. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and you dunked me several times, didn't you? Did. <laughs> <laughs> and, and when I came up for air each time, I was shouting and screaming, Mum, <laughs> To this day, I can still smell that dank water. <laughs> Yeah, you dirty rotten scoundrel. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know if you got into trouble. I don't remember that bit. <laughs> no, I don't remember that. Good memories, boy. Uh, that's good. good. So you know, the next the next part was we're taking you a little bit because uh, you start, you left you were at um, big school. Uh, you used to be a bit terrible, didn't you? At dinner times and things like that to get more food. Yeah, <laughs> that's a memory back. Yeah, indeed, yeah, I did, yeah. Because <laughs> there was never enough to go around the table. We were always hungry. Yeah. What did you do? Yeah, well, I, it was it was one of my favourite days, and, and I could see there wasn't any, any seconds coming up because you always banked on some seconds when the server never allowed me to serve the food because I was a bit biased. So I could see I wasn't going to get any extras here. So I, I sneezed in my... Deliberately sneezed in my handkerchief and then went around the table and showed showed what was in my handkerchief, and actually preloaded pre it with some green stuff. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and it put one or two of them off their food, so I, I screwed their plates. <laughs> so I, I, I ate like a king that day. <laughs> yeah, well, that's where you got your, a few like that, your strategic thinking came from from from, from those days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and also. Yeah. Um, 
uh, one of the things that like when you when you started work and you're in your apprenticeship, um, this is when you uh, you know um, before we talk about Kevin's journey with you. When you were at uni, you used to um, when you were studying and that instead of studying, you used to use some of that time to think about stories to tell all our nephews and nieces. All that time, all that time, all that time. I could never keep yeah. attention in the classroom. I'd always be writing stories. Yeah, yeah. And you'd be in bedtimes uh, in the dark telling these kids. The yeah. Story. yeah. I remember. I remember, I remember sitting on the stairs at, at Teresa's house because Teresa, my sister, our sister, had um, I think five children at this stage and probably expected. Yeah. To yeah. And you used to tell them bedtime stories from your. I used your to love that morning. It used to inspire me. Wow. So excited when I come back from college, all the bit waiting for me to come with the stories. What stories I've got? I used to write, write a character called Pipkin, and they'd be all waiting for me, waving at the window. Where's the story? Where's the story? So yeah, I really felt very special. Oh, uh, that's that's yeah. very sweet. Yeah, it was. It was very uh, very momentous moments and that. Didn't do uh, my college work any good, but that um, <laughs> I can share those. I made up for that by copying. But uh, thanks to Kevin. But it wouldn't have made a difference if you had you gone to class anyway. So. But it's when he got his degree and he even did the masters. So you know, he, he, considering that he found learning difficulty as well because of you know he had to always go the hard way with it. He got there. He achieved. And of course, mm. we have Kevin. At what point in your life did Kevin come into your life? When I was working and starting my apprenticeship at Murley's Blackstones in Stamford ah, as a fitter turn okay. apprenticeship, and I, it said Kevin followed the same route. Um, so we both served apprenticeship. He was two years advanced on me in terms of what he did, and I was a, a grubby sort of apprentice. Um, and I went through the production engineering and the technical. And, and I can't remember when Kevin, I actually, Kevin will probably remember it better than I do, how we actually met our, and our relationship started. But he was my guardian, really, um, through everything I, I did. I can tell you exactly. It was, um, I'd just come back from college and I was put in the, um, the laboratory Ah, you're right, yeah. Training. And there was this kid in green overalls that was in there <laughs> that was constantly, I found out very quickly, a bit of a leg puller. <laughs> on a daily basis, on a daily basis, he used to nick my lunch. <laughs> my big morning snack that I used to bring along, which was usually sandwiches of some description. <laughs> And uh, once I got to know him a little bit better, we 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 started to be uh, friends. And he invited me round to his house because he had built a, a a football table. Oh yeah, that was some fun <laughs> football table. He wanted to show me and uh, and the distemper bucket, if I remember right. <laughs> oh, Kevin, that's a good one. <laughs> nice one, Kevin. Uh, and so I went round and I met his lovely family. I met all of them, one by one, really. And I've got very fond memories of his mum's chips. They were the best ever. Were they? They really were. I don't know what she cooked them in, but they were always just so superb for chips. Oh. Were they uh, soggy or crispy? Yeah, yeah, they, they were very, they were, they were tasty. It was as if they were cooked in uh, 
beef dripping or something like that. Okay. Mm. Yeah, but um, anyway, uh, the friendship grew, and once I got to know him a little bit better, I realised he was sort of slightly brighter than the average apprentice. I suggested to him that he probably should apply to go and also do a degree, uh, which he did and, and managed to get on and do very well. Although uh, he has got his moments there, <laughs> which I can remember. Yeah. <laughs> like the very first day in the, uh, in the uni canteen, uh, coming through the servery, Hugh uh, let his plate slide completely off his tray and almost um, oh, yeah. covered this student in baked beans. There was another little incident as well. Um, it, there's a good theme here, and I would say the theme is underpants. <laughs> Kevin, can I can I can I pause you? Can I pause you there? Because we need to we need to finish off the the high school stuff. Um, and yeah. then we can we get back to 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 this phase of his life. So, Maureen, we need to we need to finish off Maureen with the high school stuff. Play a song and then get to some questions and then get back to Kevin. So, any last yeah. thoughts on high school days? Well, again, with his apprenticeship and everything, uh, and Kevin pointed out about the uh, football um, table thing that he made was the most um, prized thing that he ever made because there was hours and hours and hours of fun with uh, his mate um other mates he made and Kevin and they used to spend hours and it was just they brought the house alive in that period of time um and that was uh I know that mum and step and the stepdad thoroughly had so much pleasure even though they were upstairs listening to it and trying to sleep they still enjoyed what he brought to the home wow right I think this is a good time to really actually um, play a song uh, selected yeah. by Hugh. Yeah. Um, a song called Can't Help But Wonder Where I'm Bound. And that kind of right, speaks, right, yeah. speaks right into... The, t the title already speaks into age. Is this, why is this song so important to you, Hugh? Well, again, I, it comes back to my relationship with Kev. Kev introduced me to folk music. Um, we used to go to a folk club on a Friday night over at Morton. Um, and he taught me to play guitar. Um, wow. and went to select my first guitar. He taught me CGNF, and I loved it. I never got any better, so, I mean, as you well know. My time we never <laughs> got any better, my chord uh, changes never got any better. But I have years and years of playing it and loving it, writing my own bits of jingles and that. But Kevin introduced me to lots of folk music, and this was one of them. And there's many other things that were coming to that time, but really big into folk, and Kevin. Loved his music, and I, I'm very thankful for Kevin for can. going to Stanford with me to buy that first guitar. And mm. this particular song, taught by Tom Paxton, I like Tom Paxton. Um, it has always been my sort of motto song, and, and every time I do pick up a guitar, it's either that or Freight Train, um, and it's always the same. It's the same uh, out of sync, out of tune, but I always enjoy singing it, enjoy playing it, and it's very symbolic for me in terms of not knowing quite where I'm going to lay my hat next. Mm. And thank you, Kevin. Okay. Well, let's listen to it. Can't help wonder where I'm bound by Kevin Paxton. Tom Paxton, sorry.
It's a long and dusty road, a hot and a heavy load. The folks I meet ain't always kind. Some are bad and some are good. Some have done the best they could. Some have tried to ease my trouble in mind, and I can't help but wonder where I'm bound, where I'm bound. Can't help but wonder where I'm bound. I've been wandering through this land. Doing the best I can, trying to find what I was meant to do. And the people that I see look as worried as can be, and it looks like they are wondering too. And I can't help but wonder where I'm bound, where I'm bound. Can't help but wonder where I'm bound. Now I had a little girl one time. She had lips like cherry wine, and she loved me till my head went plumb insane. But I was too blind to see she was drifting away from me, and my good gal went off on a morning train. And I can't help but wonder where I'm bound, where I'm bound. Can't help but wonder where I'm bound. And I had a buddy back home, but he started out to roam. And I hear he's out by Frisco Bay. And sometimes when I've had a few, his old voice comes a ringing through. And I'm going out to see him some old day. And I can't help but wonder where I'm bound, where I'm bound. Can't help but wonder where I'm bound. Well, if you see me passing by, and you sit and you wonder why, and you wish that you were Rambler too. Nail your shoes to the kitchen floor. Lay some up and bar the door. Thank your stars for the roof that's over you. And I can't help but wonder where I'm bound, where I'm bound. Can't help but wonder where I'm bound. Yeah, we're back after the beautiful song by Tom Paxton. Can't help but wonder where I'm bound. Speaks right into to Hugh's life. Um, doesn't know where he's. The next place will be where he lays his weary head. Um, you know, one thing about Hugh is he reminds me a lot of of old um, Clint Eastwood. 
that crackly voice, that face, the one eyebrow, you know, when he looks at you, wondering what the hell you're up to. <laughs> one, one eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. H, so we're going we, we're gonna to get to a few questions now from, from uh, your fellow teammates. And the first one is um, from a very good friend of yours, Adi. And she is asking, she says, um, as I know you, as, as I, yeah, sorry, my spelling is not so good. As I know a little about you, my question is, when was the last time you cried and for what? Oh, that's a biggie. Yeah, she obviously knows I'm a bit of a metal Mickey. Um, I always get, I get a lump in my throat quite easily, but I don't cry often. And it would have been something like a Walt Disney film uh, on a flight probably to Africa. Uh, I often feel my eyes globulizing when I'm watching a, a sentimental film. Um, but I think I'm, I'm a bit of an arid um, guy in terms of uh, water flow. So um, I can remember some of my, my I can't explain it. I can remember my, my, making myself cry when my mum, my, my grandmother died, and also when Luigi died. Um, I remember thinking, I should be crying, I should be crying. There's something in my chemistry or my, 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 my roots that doesn't make crying a, an emotional uh, habit for me. So, and, but, but Ali's probably saying that because she perhaps perceives that and, and knows me quite well. So, um, yeah, she knows me very well. Um, she, she knows okay. I'm compassionate, but she also knows I'm perhaps not as emotional. Yeah, as, as the average Joe, I think everybody, everybody. Yeah, so it's maybe it's almost like a god in some sense. Yeah, yeah, maybe so, maybe so, maybe so. Yeah. Well, it'll be it'll be a bit like um, Sister Rabina because she she didn't uh, cry either. Um, she didn't allow herself to do that because she felt respons she had to be responsible for everybody else. So in some way, you probably mm. felt that you, you couldn't allow that because of what was going on. You had to be harder and, and distant to yourself. Mm. Yeah. Right, guys, we're going to have to move through the questions, I think, um, because otherwise we're going to run out of time. So this one is from, from Juliette. Hugh, you are quite an inspirational man with your vision for community living and all that you do and give back to society. And um, it's it's really quite remarkable. I feel honoured to know you um, in this short space of time that I have and I'm really pleased that our paths crossed. So um, my question is, what inspires you to do what you do and to give so much back to society. Um, lots of love, Juliet. Juliet, that's a lovely message and, and you inspire me too. And, and I'm so privileged to share your life story. So yeah, thanks for that. And thanks for the question. And I'm, I'm very pleased you in my life. What inspires me, it's, it's quite easy for me. I don't have children. Um, and you know, I was a very late developer and I don't have children. And obviously we all seek to have a significant life and my significance was to try and leave a legacy um, of significance and then my life was worthwhile living. And that doesn't mean I don't want my name in lights, but I need to know and have peace of mind that I've got uh, something, I've created something that's sustainable. And I've always worked on things that perhaps haven't been as sustainable as I'd like. So I'm very conscious of that. So I'm driven to produce a sustainable project for the next generation in some form. And that's the combination of social enterprise businesses and and um, 
projects, social impact projects and community. Community is where I want to dedicate my life now because I realise uh, the currency of kindness is, is what we need to focus on and, and not the fiat uh, type currency and and sufficiency and are on that long too much. Thanks very much. Mm. That's the answer to your yeah. question, Juliet. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Like Quite true. I'd like to, I'd like to bring a, um, a, a piece forward of a memory. I, there was a gentleman, that couple that was called Ken Lyons. He oh, was Ken. a very great yeah. impact on you in your, in your life. And he passed away, um, but he had a passion, didn't he, for uh, Africa and the people there. And, and he gave you a big influence in, in his, from his work and, encur did, and that encouraged you to step forward, didn't it? He did. He took over from Kevin, really, because Kevin was a big influence in my life. And then Kevin went into Octopus's Garden, his music and his peer group changed. And he, he actually grew up. I didn't grow up. And then I moved away from Stanford and, and started my first serious job. And Ken took me under his wing. Um, so, yeah, fantastic memories with Ken. Cool. Yeah, fantastic. Also, a message from Juliette just saying that she's really enjoying the show and a, and a great answer here. Let's listen to the next one from Giles. Hey, Giles here. I'd like to know what is the ultimate vision that you have for the missing kind and for Kind of Sounds? <laughs> Thanks, Giles. And, and again, it's great. You, you're a special guy and, and you and Juliet are magic together. Um, in answer to that, uh, it's quite clear. Uh, it's, it's to create a network, a network of communities that support each other. And that's the, the vision. And that's why I'm in Africa now and, and met some lovely people here. And, you know, I'm thankful for what's happening in Wales with David and Juliet. I'm thankful in the hotel with people in the hotel. I'm thankful for, for Margaret, what she's doing up at Breathing Space with Kim, who's um, in a very delicate situation in her life. I'm just around it, even Kevin at Missing So I just feel it all gelling together now, a network of communities that are not dependent on me, they're self-sustaining, and that's that's very much me, um, really, and that's that's being developed by those people, and it's amazing people that are grabbing hold of the vision and... and moving it forward so that's the vision a global network of communities that self-sustained to serve it's about serve serving for others and creating a society that's fair and just and equal for everybody thanks for the question Jones. excellent then there's a question that came in from brad uh she wants to know hugh what disappoints you about your life <laughs> My lack of yeah, that's quite a good one. <laughs> she was, she she gets frustrated with me because um, my expectations are always high, and I not the most tolerant person, and that disappoints me that I'm not as tolerant as forgiving as I, I would like to be. Um, I have a very high expectation, and I wish sometimes I wish I hadn't got that, um, but also other times I'm grateful for it because that does push my own. Um, targets and hopefully I do drag a few people along with me but I'll probably reject too many people on the way and, and don't get to their best potential by that high level of expectation mm. okay thanks Brad for that good answer the next one is uh, from Kath oh happy jobs <laughs> it's Kath when we focus on what it is that we want we collapse possibilities into probabilities and at this time in 2020, too many people are focusing on what they don't want and putting their attention and energy into that. 
Focusing on what you do want, I've always seen you as a visionary. Paint as your vision of a kinder world and kinder communities. If you could create the world that you wished to live into and that you wished future generations to live into, what would it look like and how would people feel within it? Paint us your vision you visionary man <laughs> yeah that's Kath that, she's my most loving big gob I call her she's the most beautiful person I, I'm a joyful person in my life I'm so pleased she's back with us on Kind of Sound yeah. absolutely magical person she always makes me smile and um, I'm pleased Kath that you're, you're in my life so thanks for the question I'm not too much too different to what I've already painted it is mm. about this international community and I just feel very blessed at the moment with people that share in the vision and I'm, I'm, I'm at long last at long last I just feel all these building blocks are coming together and the, and the people that's coming into my life right now are people that do share that vision and taking responsibility and live and breathe it you know it kind of sounds a good example of that you know it's not a nine to five lifestyle this is this is a commitment of life and it's beautiful what what I'm seeing evolve without me effectively. Um, so the vision is to, to see this global network of people supporting each other, sharing the network. They don't need anything outside of this network. You know what, we've got everything they need, places to go, things to share, um, and the mix of people we've got already and, and evolving still. I've just met two guys, amazing guys here. One was Fresh to Ground, the guy that um, founded the Fresh to Ground um, group. It was a huge group in, um, Africa, Joe's now, we've met him. Oh, what an inspiration he is. And all those things are happening all the time now. And it's magical the people are meeting. So it's coming together. It's this global network of kindness, uh, Kath. And thanks very much for the question. Big hug. Thank you. Thank you. What, you know, can you um, think when you were young, when you were young, you know, from being a child to a teenager to the man, would, would you have ever envisioned that you would be where you are now in your life? Well, I, mean, I was never on my agenda. I've always liked to give. and I, I, I've, I've always had the pleasure of, even when I stole as a kid, I used to be Robin Hood. I got myself a smacking for stealing. And I couldn't explain why I stole something. So I was quite a petty theft. It was a good job I got caught in WH Smith's with all sorts of magazines and sugar bowls under my arm because I think I could have been a, a bank robber if I hadn't got caught when I did. Um, but I've always had the intention, who wants never it? Never too late. <laughs> who wants it? I wasn't going to. No, it's a good time. <laughs> no, I think about that. I think about that. Um, but yeah, um, you know, I, 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 I don't know, it was always in me, even when I stole, it was trying to steal and make someone happy well, by gifting something to somebody. And that, it always says you are what you, you the kindness comes from giving. Uh, and that's so true. And the joy you get from giving is far greater than that, in, in, than receiving. And I recognize that quite quite young but I said that you know it didn't stop me aspiring for wealth climbing a ladder and, and that ladder was on the wrong wall but you know you get to the top of your ladder look over the wall shit's on the wrong wall and that's where the charity work starts yeah. to intensify yeah before the next question because of what you just said um you 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 were uh, because uh, you got married in your early 80s and you ran a pub didn't you on the outskirts of <laughs> I did with Bonnie Bonnie Miller yeah she seduced me I lost my virginity at 28 yeah just true <laughs> <laughs> she was she always, she always claimed she, she did that, but I actually had a, a fling uh, six months before I met her, but she, that was her, her table talk. Claim to fame. So she liked it. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, Maureen, what's the question? 
Yeah, but you moved. You moved uh, from there, didn't you, to Hockwood? Did you move? Is it a place called Hockwood, a village that you moved to? Moved to. Um, we went well, from Cake, you know, went to Red Lodge what? to Cambridge to um, St Neots, where it was um, Hale Western. And then we went to a Suffolk village for a few months when it was clear that we were not compatible. Well, it was always clear from the start, really, but yeah. I was infatuated and desperate, really. Where, where, where did you start your business from? <laughs> what? You. Where did you start? Oh, no, that, that was Hockwald. That was long after uh, Bart was in Hockwald in, um, in 1993. Right. And you ran your business from the garage to start with, which was, is it glazing? Yeah, I did, yeah. Glazing yeah. vision. Mo, 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 Mo. Can we quickly can we quickly finish with one or two questions left, and then we can move on to that that area of of Hughes' life going forward. Just as worried about the time. Yeah, so let's uh, let's finish off the questions quickly. Ian um, gave us three options. One, two of them already been 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 touched on. So I'm going to ask the one which he's asking. What's one of the funniest things that's happened during your time working on Kind of Sound? That's from Ian Lynch. Well, that's that's an interesting one, Joe. We don't have enough laughs. Um, that's the problem. I don't think, I don't think, I can pick anything out. The one thing I'm, is clear by that question to me, in thinking of reply, is we just don't have enough laughs. It's been so. It's been quite hard work, um, and me and Joe go back quite a long time, and we always talk business. We don't talk fun anymore. We don't play anymore. It's taken away some of the joy. And it's a problem I always have, social business. It's easy to work in business. It's easy to work in charity. Bring the two together, it's, it's very challenging. Um, and that's what I find, because when we talk radio, we talk about sustainability. And that's in my, my mind, because the responsibility of making kind of sound sustainable. So I get too serious with it. So I don't get enough laughs, um, Ian. I don't think I can pinpoint anything that's um, made my ribcage shake. So it, it makes me think that I need to have more laughs. So thank you for the reminder. Well, the one thing I can remember, H, is when we, yourself and, and I were on radio uh, some time ago, and we were discussing a few things, and the one thing we started talking about, which is, uh, I know, something close to, um, close to your heart, and which you'd like to see more of on radio, was it's the concept of death, and um, you know, particularly um, kind of death. <laughs> yeah. So we started talking about kind of death, and, and as we were exploring <laughs> the subject, we, we watched our <laughs> listenership drop one by one like flies <laughs> down to zero <laughs> that was that, i thought that was oh. anyway so the next question is from jackie jackie say jackie or or david i'm not sure who's here hi you this is jackie just wanted to know what is your proudest moment try and keep it short yeah, thanks H. jackie for that um i yeah, okay. I didn't realise it at the time. As a youngster, I always dreamt about a million pounds, having a million pounds to spend. I remember trying to spend it on catalogues, Littlewood catalogues, John Moore's catalogues. Now I can't spend a million pounds. I mean, I remember the dream of a million pounds. And then when we bought the farm in, in um, Wales and I filled in the bank transfer, it was one million pounds. I said, shit, I've done it. I've done it. I'm spending a million pounds. <laughs> not, not quite what I would have got for 50 years on, but that was my first moment to realise, shit, I've achieved something. Wow. Thanks for that question. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Next one is by David. Hi, 
you. This is Dave. I want to know what piece of music inspires you the most. <laughs> Thanks, David. David, that's that's a great question too. There's just so many, my friend. Um, we've got Kevin there, and and, and you know, Octopus's Garden with Yvonne Jet playing when he taught me. You know, some of the lyrics from John Denver's music. My grandma, um, you take the low road, take the high roads. So here, my mother sing Oro Tonio, uh, Jim Reeves, um, a child. Nothing in particular, mate. It's just, and the, the Big Layers song made me chuckle, and I, I try and play that whenever I've had a few drinks. So what about my mate. new one, Hugh? Yes, absolutely. Shining Star, Christmas song. Yes, we're going to hear that. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. Yes. I forgot about that. Come on, then. Well, you haven't got time now, have we? Yes, we have. All right, OK, that's well, good news. We can that's always make news. time for you. Oh, there we go. Thank you. Oh, my headset, I can't. Oh, there we go. Yeah. All right, I'll be back. You're quite a composer. In Octopus's yeah. Garden in the Shade. I'd like to be. <laughs> 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 Gosh, that was a good days, Kevin. They certainly were. Yeah, you brought a lot of joy to our family, Kevin. Uh, you really did. Uh, you, we used you, to, you to mine as well. We used to love. Yeah, uh, great relationship. To, I, think, I copied all his coursework. I copied Kevin's coursework. That's the reason <laughs> I got through my, my college. He was two years before me. He gave me. He gave me all the lab work. I had it done before we even done the the, 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 the facts. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I felt too ashamed to go to my graduation because I just bucked the system. Yeah, as an eventual teacher, I'm a bit ashamed of that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, we forgive you. Days. All right, come on, guys. Let's move on to the next question by Shelley. Hi, my question for Hugh. It's Shelley Kim. Hugh is a great pioneer and... You covered the top. Oh, Jeff. Hang on. Uh, why is it not playing? Sorry, guys. What's that question, Joe? It's, you know, it's the trick of holding the cell phone at the microphone. Uh, try again. Hi, my question for Hugh, it's Shelley Kim. Hugh is a great pioneer and has many incredible ideas with which to initiate projects. Where and how are these ideas born? How, under which circumstances? Or is it all just completely random? Give us some examples of that, please. Hi, <laughs> Shelley Kim. You and I must get together one in South Africa. Looking forward to sharing a glass of wine with you. Uh, it's a big one, that, um, Shelley. It just, just happens all the time when I see a need. It troubles me. I look for a solution. And then the solutions come. Um, and then I just need the, the, the um, crusaders to implement it. So it's, it's just seeing a need, first of all, and being passionate about solving the need and then um, putting the army in place or looking for the army to execute it. So hopefully that's the best answer I can give you. Excellent. All right, so we've got a few minutes left, five minutes left. Uh, let's move back into the last bit of Hugh's life and maybe also his vision for the future. 
I know Kevin uh, still had something that he was busy with earlier. Kevin, maybe you want to yes. pick up pick up where we Fish left. Face. <laughs> well, on the underpants. <laughs> yeah, you were busy. You were Come just about face. to start. Yeah, the pants, the underpants. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, well, there's two things I can think of. I'll say them very, very quickly. Uh, first, we used to have a, a, a works football team that oh, used to play yeah. interdepartment. <laughs> and we all, we all wore football shorts. You <laughs> 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 used, used to turn up in his striped box <laughs> that, was, that was strategically stiff <laughs> in the right place. <laughs> Why am I not and surprised? The, 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 the second one, the, our landlady at Nottingham uh, took me aside one day and she said, uh, Kevin, you're, you're friend. He said, he's not in drugs, is he? I said, I said, no, I don't think so. And when I approached you about it, what had happened was he was playing football in the gym and got some glass in his leg. And uh, he, got oh, back right. to his, yeah. he got back to his room and stripped down to his underpants and he was trying to pick this glass out of his leg. <laughs> With his compass point, <laughs> which point she burst into his bedroom <laughs> and uh, mistook, mistook the compass for a syringe. <laughs> okay, that's fantastic, man. Really, that was a good. Somebody asked about the best laugh I've had on kind of sound. Well, that's, that's the answer to that. Thank you. Oh, that was excellent. That was excellent. Brilliant. Right. Yeah. Uh, anything more from maybe Rubina? Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I'd like to just uh, remind Huey about his first car. He had a German bubble car. Do you remember it? I can't remember the name. Me Messerschmitt. Messerschmitt, yeah. That's yeah. a German aircraft. <laughs> a Messerschmitt. It was designed on it. Was designed, it was designed. It was a cockpit designed around the, the Messerschmitt airplane. Oh. Yeah, it was. Okay. Three, it was three-wheeler. You used to drive that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. yeah. I was in there with him while we were zooming down the runway at RAF Luffham uh, uh, um, RAF Bay, hanging yeah. on for dear life. Oh, brilliant. brilliant. <laughs> Just quickly, Hugh, um, can I ask you what um, what made you start to have your, you know, um, what, you know, in, in your charities? How did the generation journey start? Because that was the start, really, for you in in the path that you're in now. Yeah, it's, yeah that definitely was the start. And I always reflected on our childhood because I'd seen uh, communities disband. Um, we went through a period where people would live in their communities. The generations would stay in communities. People would live local or share homes. I saw that disband. I saw families become disjointed, as our own family did. And people travel away. And also saw neglect of the elderly people as they became old and, and they were just put into the system. And there was no family care. Um, and people didn't care for their elders with the pride and, and, and give them dignity into their latter years. So I, I saw a need both for a guidance for the youngsters, like we, we needed guidance. We didn't have much parental guidance. No, so we, we were allowed to wander and, and get mischievous. And we lack values. And, and Rabina helped to, to give us a balance. And she saw that, well, we lack values. And uh, so I could see, you know, we were representative of many families and I wanted to address that family, the wisdom of the old and the energy of the young to exchange Lovely. energy and values and, and trying to get that together. 
Uh, guys, that was, that's amazing, but we've got 30 seconds left, unfortunately, and I, I was so badly wanted to hear about the prank you pulled on, you pulled on Mo still back in when you lived in, in, in Islington, London. Uh, but we can't, we've got 20, 20 seconds left. And we're just going to have to say thank you so much, Hugh, for the incredible in contribution you're making in all of our lives. We love you yeah. to bits. And thank you so it's much. With, with that, we're going to have to say goodbye. We've got five seconds left. Thank you, Mo. Thank you, everyone.